Hey folks, it's Pastor Jennifer from Bryan Community Church here in Bryan College Station, Texas. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm so glad that you are. We are a new church plant, only five now going on six months old, um, and it is just a, a joy to be able to see how God leads in uh, an unknown territory or unknown wilderness. Um, I certainly feel like I can connect with Moses through this new church plant. It has been an incredible experience. God has taught me to trust him more and more every day, and, uh, and I give him thanks and praise. I'd encourage you to check us out at bryancommunitychurch.org. You can visit us at Brian Community Church on Instagram or Facebook. And this is the time in which I sit down after I preach a sermon. Uh, sometimes I get to it on a Sunday, which I'm doing it today, um, but most of the time it's later in the week. Um, but I want to make sure that if anybody has missed the message, that they can go online afterwards. And uh, if you know somebody wants to check us out and just see that we indeed preach the Word of God, that you can um, find that out for yourself. So let me start off by sharing with you that I'm in the middle of a sermon series entitled Body Language. What does that mean? Well, first of all, body. Body, we are to be the body of Christ. The church is. And then language this is a message to teach us that as a body of Christ, we need to use our words and our actions to reflect who we are called to be as followers of Christ. So the church, basically, we need to love and take care of one another, um, you know, quote unquote, within the walls, but also uh, as we go on about our daily lives. So we have talked about what that means, particularly uh, our words life-giving. The Apostle Paul uh, encouraged the church uh, to encourage one another, and um, that's exactly what we have to do. We've also talked about how we as the church uh, must reach out beyond ourselves and to love um, to, to love everyone. In fact, our mission statement as a new church is love God, love people, and share hope with the world. Uh, why? Because that's what Jesus did for all of us. So, so I'm going to continue this series uh, over the next few weeks. Again, it's entitled Body Language. And today, today's topic is, is a little difficult. And actually, it's a lot of difficult, if I can just be blunt, uh, because we are going to cover the topic of forgiveness. And so before we dig into the text, um, I'm going to share with you that what I'm about to read, these are the words of the Apostle Paul. He's actually writing uh, to the church from a jail cell and he has never actually met these people but he has heard of their good works um, as followers of Jesus and he's writing this letter to the Colossians to encourage them in their faith. This is a group of people who have decided you know what we are going to step out we are going to follow Jesus we are not going to fit in the mold of what uh, some of these polytheistic uh, or multi-god religions uh, focus on we are not going to be a part of that culture uh, we're also not going to fit in the mold of the Jewish culture any longer, that uh, we have um, a, a person to follow, that it's not so much about following the Torah um, exactly as written um, as, our, as our ancestors have, but now we are taking what Jesus has done and we are, are learning from him. Uh, there was some debate about circumcision. I told the congregation, we're not going to talk about that today. Um, isn't it good that we don't really talk about that now? Anyways, 
Uh, but these were some of the debates that were taking place. And so this church has decided that they are going to follow Jesus, and the Apostle Paul is encouraging them uh, to set themselves apart as Christ's followers. And so in Colossians chapter 3, I'm just shortly going to read to you um, what this looks like as Christ's followers. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, and here it is, forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Okay, so church, you're going to be a follower of Jesus. You've got to look like kindness and act like humility and be gentle and patient for one another. But then there's that, that big word, forgive one another, anyone who... Um, has hurt you or wronged you. And I admit that this is this is a sermon that is hard. This is hard for me to, to preach it. It's also a hard sermon for me to live out. Um, you know, because in the world that we live in, uh, some, some things are easy to forgive and then others are a little more difficult. And so the Apostle Paul is reminding you, like, you know, Christ has forgiven you, so you must forgive others. And, um, and that's tough, but, but yet yeah, who, who we are to be as a body of Christ. Um, and then also, I um, during the, the message, I also encourage folks to turn into uh, a lesson in which Jesus taught. And so if you have your Bibles, um, then I am going to encourage you to go to Matthew chapter 18, I believe. Yes. Matthew chapter 18, in which Jesus himself um, encourages Peter. He encourages those who were listening to this conversation that we are to forgive as followers of Jesus, to be men and women um, as the kingdom of God. We are going to, to have to, to forgive, and that's hard. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21. Peter is brave. He asks Jesus this question. He says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. And I wonder who had hurt Peter. What did she say or what did he do or what did she do or what did he say that, uh, that Peter is thinking of this question to ask Jesus? I also think once Jesus gives him his answer, Peter was thinking, man, I wish I never never would have brought this up uh, because this is what Jesus says. I tell you, not seven times. Somebody who's hurt you, you don't forgive them seven times. In fact, 77 times. Ooh. And in Jesus-like fashion, he uses a parable to explain what this forgiveness should look like. He goes on and it says in verse 23 of Matthew 18, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. 
But when that servant, the servant who had been saved, forgiven of his debt, when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who now owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Now, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Now, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay all that he owed. And then Jesus responds, This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And then that's where it gets hard. We have two men, two men who owe debts. One, an extraordinary amount. As I was preparing uh, for this message, I heard one pastor do the calculations that in today's economy, uh, this first servant would have owed probably a billion dollars. Now, I don't know about you, but that is not um, something I can even begin to wrap my head around. Um, if, if you have a billion dollars sitting around, can I just say that we are a new church and we could use a new building and a new location. But in seriousness, I can't fathom that. And that is what this, this servant owed his master and the master forgave it. I mean, just outright forgave it. I mean, an extraordinary amount of debt. But then, Insert the word hypocrite, this same servant who was just forgiven his debt, uh, he had somebody who owed him. Did he forgive him? No, he wanted to choke him out. He threw him into prison. Again, come on. Somebody just forgave you even more so than what you now don't want to forgive this other person. You know, brothers and sisters, this is when we kind of take a step back and we try to find ourselves in this parable. Um, because I don't know about you, but, but I like to be forgiven and I like to be shown mercy. Mercy, undeserved pardon. But what about when the, the roles are reversed? What about when somebody has hurt you, has armed you, has taken things from you? Are we as easily to forgive this is and this is the rough part and i told you that that this is this is a difficult one because sometimes we want to be the one strangling the other person's necks and we want to go out and seek vengeance yet the kingdom of god the kingdom of god to be a follower of christ is to offer forgiveness right and it doesn't matter how small the debt how large the debt doesn't matter how small the sin or how large the sin we are to forgive it's not negotiable. Seven times? No, 77 times, Jesus says. What makes it even harder is the last portion of this. That that first master handed the first 
guy who owed him money over to the jailers. And we are told that our Heavenly Father will get angry with us unless we forgive. We don't like to read that part of Scripture. I much rather have kept my Bible closed than to read this. But even earlier in Matthew, we are told uh, in Matthew 6, chapter um, or chapter 6, verse 15, it reads, But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Ouch. Forgiveness. It's a command from God. So why? Why forgive? Let's think about this. Well, first of all, it's your Heavenly Father who first forgave you through Jesus Christ, that not one of us is deserving of the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Not one of us is worthy enough to approach our Heavenly Father. But out of love, God offered His Son as a sacrifice to make way so that we can be forgiven of our sins. Because who in here is perfect? Not I. Who in here? And so, why do we forgive? Well, because Christ forgave us. And brothers and sisters, if we are supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ, if we are supposed to allow the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us to live through us, then we forgive as Christ has forgiven. That's why. That's why. Right? There's this vertical her, uh, phenomena like between us and God, but not only between us and God, it goes horizontal as well between me and the person next to me or the people around me. We are called to forgive, right? It's easy to receive forgiveness. Thank God we are forgiven. But it's hard to forgive others. Why else do we forgive? How about this? Because it's good for us. So believe it or not, research has proven that when we choose to forgive, it actually has healing qualities to our body. It drops our our blood pressure, our heart rate goes down. It actually can lower depression and lower anxiety, and it builds up our immune system. Who knew? Now, I believe God knew that. I mean, God is a God of life. It's just taking how many centuries for us to, to catch up, um, science to catch up with what God has created in us. God knows what he's talking about, forgiveness. We've got to do it. We've got to do it for ourselves. And as a church, as we talk about the body language of the church, what we say and how we interact with others, well, we have to forgive. And here's the other thing. We are imperfect people. We just are. It's funny that God would call us imperfect people to lead his church, but yet he does. And brothers and sisters, the church isn't going to get it right all the time. Our brothers and sisters who sit next to us in the chair on Sunday morning or the pew behind us, we're going to hurt each other. We're going to say things that we shouldn't have said, and we're going to make uh, one another cry and even angry. And so when that happens, because it'll happen, we have to be ready now to offer forgiveness later when we're hurt, when somebody makes us angry, when someone says something that they shouldn't have said. As a church, our body language should be ready to not only love, but to forgive, to not only be kind and be compassionate, but to offer mercy. Remember, mercy is undeserved pardon. 
Are we ready? And not just within the church, but what about at home and within our marriages? There's a reason why one of the definitions of love that the Apostle Paul gave us in 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrongs. We have to be able to forgive one another within our marriages and to stick by one another. And, and you know what? There's some times that it's going to be really, really hard. But yet if we are committed, then we'll lean in and we'll listen to each other. We'll do this at work. We'll do it at the places that we frequent. We'll do it at school. And then you're thinking, but Pastor Jen, but Pastor Jen, you don't know what he did, or you don't know what she did, or you don't know what he said, or what she said. I mean, let me say this. I don't. I don't. And I won't pretend to, because I am not you. But I'll sit with you, and I'll listen and I'll pray, and I'll also say that forgiveness, forgiveness is not necessarily for the other person, because it's true, there are some people who, they don't care whether they're forgiven or not. There are some people, unfortunately, who just don't care a thing about you. They're not gonna apologize, but for you, you forgive them. You see, because if we don't forgive what happens, and I wish I had a, a weight to show you, what happens is it becomes like a weight. You know, if you've ever gone to the gym and you've been asked to take barbells and hold them up, um, that after a while, right, it starts to, to weigh you down. Well, that's what anger does and bitterness and resentment. It starts to pull you down and cause you to fall into depression and cause you to have anxiety. So you forgive to let that go. So you can put down those weights of anger and, and hate and bitterness. We forgive so that we can be free. And just because you forgive, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that there isn't work that needs to be done to regain trust, okay? It doesn't mean that there isn't work between you and your husband or you and a, a best friend that you have to regain trust whenever trust has been lost. If you're the one who's hurt the other person, will put in the work because you love and you care about them. If the person who has hurt you loves and cares about you and they're willing to put in the work, be patient with them. It takes time. And here's the thing. Our legal system, they have consequences and they have it for a reason. And, and I will say this. Just because you forgive, it doesn't mean that you should take down the boundaries that you have set up between you and another person or the boundaries that you have set up between you and a group of people. There are some times when you can't be around that person anymore. There are some times when it's the, for the safety of you and your children or the safety of you and the people around you that you just don't cross their paths any longer. That is okay. Forgiveness doesn't say that you have to, to sit next to them the rest of your life. It doesn't mean that you have to do life with them. Forgiveness means that you, in your heart, have made peace with whatever has happened and that you're ready to let God, let God take that past and deal with it because that's God's offer, gift to us that he carries our burdens that we don't have to any longer. And then finally, because I'm sure many of you are thinking, but you really, really don't know 
I don't. I know that forgiveness is a process. It's like grieving. You don't heal overnight. And there are triggers that can bring up anger in the past so easily. You have to work through those. And I say this because I'm having to work through those. It's a process. But yet it's a process worth it. Why? If God didn't want us to do this, he wouldn't tell us to. He knows what's best for us. I use the illustration today, our um, our men's group, oh, they're amazing. Uh, they greeted the church with a griddle outside on the porch before we even got into uh, the worship space and the fellowship hall. They were out there um, pouring pancakes and handing out uh, fresh, hot off the griddle pancakes. Oh, it was amazing. So what I did is I went and I grabbed like this giant a bag of pancake mix, and I showed it to the congregation. I said, you see this giant bag of pancakes? Well, it represents something that I love. I love a hot cup of coffee with a sweet pancake, all drizzled with butter and syrup. And if it's not a pancake, I love uh, a muffin or a donut. I love me some donuts with a black coffee. If it's not coffee uh, and donuts in the morning, chips. Open up a bag of chips. I could eat them all. But here's the thing. This is not healthy for us. These behaviors are not healthy for us. And God knows that. And he loves us. And he cares for us. And like a good parent would take all those pancakes, like a good spouse would take that giant bag of chips that we just keep eating, to care of us so we don't get sick. This is what God is doing through this message, through forgiveness. He knows that holding on to it is not healthy. Not spiritually, not physically, not relationally. And he says, put it down. Put it down. Because when you do forgiveness it'll strengthen you it'll get you where you need to be between us and God between us and another person and sometimes even between us and ourselves that we have to forgive because when we do we find a peace and a new life that God has for us he did it for us and he calls us to do it for others. I pray you do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And until we gather again, may you be blessed.